Hello, welcome everyone. This is Pastor Edwin. Welcome to my podcast. We are on another week of OSL Level 1 Faith Builder. And we are still in the series, Being Right with God. Being Right with God. And um, we'll talk about the title of this one in a moment, okay? But this here um, study that we're going to do... Um, we're going to get into current second Corinthians chapter three. So you can flip over that page and hold on to second Corinthians chapter three. And I'll tell you what verse we're going to be on in a second. But first, um, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you with an open heart thanking you for today. What a glorious moment in time. Thank you for uh, allowing us to be here together in this session. Thank you for the brothers and sisters that are willing Willingly hear, Lord, another week listening in to faith builders, Lord, that we can disciple one another and disciple those that do not know you and continue with your your great command, my Lord Jesus, where you sent us out to uh, make disciples of all nations. And um, I thank you, Lord, for the willingness of the coaches and the instructors that are with us as OSL certified and that we can continue to build. We thank you for our facilitators. We thank you for um, the the uh, Facebook group page that we're able to come together and have this. Um, there's other platforms as well that I thank you for, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord, that we're able to do this. Father, I pray for no interruptions today. I pray that everyone here will be willing to uh, um, go into your holy word, the absolute truth of God through your holy Bible, that all things must not be of me, Lord, that allow me to hide behind you, Lord. Shield me, protect me, keep me from them seeing me, Lord, but to hear your voice, to hear what you want them to say. That way they can receive these things according to your will. And Father, I, I pray and in thanks for um, uh, Jerry Dearman for allowing us again to have this uh, um, uh, OSL Operation Lives to make it our, our own, to reach our community and uh, culture that we're dealing with today, and that we can make disciples of them, Lord, according to how uh, the situation is in each place, Lord. We thank you for touching his heart and allowing us to do these things. And um, the team that we've put together, Father, I pray for our communities. I pray for all these things that are happening around us, Lord, to come to a halt. Well, today, Lord, we want to look deeper into your holy word. Uh, I invite your presence. I invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to be with us, to open our eyes that we may gain wisdom. And we receive wisdom because we trust in you, Lord. And we trust in you, Lord, because we have faith in you. And we have faith in you, my Lord, because we believe in you. And in this, we have courage to go out and make disciples, Lord. We ask you boldly, Lord, give us wisdom that we may continue to do the things according to your will as you require it, Lord. And we thank you and give you the glory always as we pray to you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Okay, brothers and sisters, thank you. Make sure you got your tabs, um, notepads, pens, if you're writing down or, or typing it in. Um, take notes because this one here is going to be a good one. This has to do with ourselves, our inner selves, and going forward in, like I said in the last session, 
We talked about in the, in the last session of um, places of temptation that um, we have to boldly, we have to look at ourselves and come through these things and draw near to God through his holy word by reading his scriptures and praying to him, okay? So the more we fellowship with God, the better it is for us and we can keep away from places of temptations. And like in the book of James, it says to us that if we draw near to God, the devil will flee. And this is the truth that we go into, okay? So make sure you uh, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and just hold a second there. I'll give you the verse in a minute. Um, and we're in the study called Being Right with God. Like I mentioned, how many of you know there's nothing more important than being right with God? Mm-hmm. So um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I, I, I didn't get finished what I was working on last week. And many, many of you, many of us are walking around as if, they're doers of the word of God, and most aren't staying in the word according to themselves. And everything that we talked about, we watch this as we go through the process. And when we're taking these classes, um, of course, we're following along with you guys as well. And I want you to know that there's one little thing that um, uh, people get upset about is the questionnaire. And the questionnaire, don't get upset about it. It's nothing. It's not to score you. It's not to see, uh, give you a passing grade. It's just to see where you're at. Um, are you following along? Are you understanding? Are you gaining that wisdom that we're all praying for and hoping that we receive from God's absolute truth, the Holy Bible? And um, again, don't take my word for it, people. You follow through in in the scriptures, you read it and reread it and reread it and pray to God for clarity and that wisdom. You know, their actions. And because the reason I said that, you know, people be doers of the word and most aren't staying in the word according to themselves. You know, their actions are showing how quickly we forget God and, and allow self to get in the way. And this information that we've been going over is answering questions that we all have in our heart. Like, how do we become right with God? We've all prayed and asked God to forgive our sins and to declare that Jesus is Lord of our lives. But how do we really know? How do we know? And what does it mean to be right with God? And do you ever get right? And then if you, you do get right, how do you stay right? And what if you don't stay right? How do you know you're staying right? I mean, we're answering these questions, not just with an opinion, but we're looking into the Bible and seeing that God has specific answers that he's trying to get across to us so that we're not constantly walking around doubting our salvation and doubting whether God loves us or not, or whether we're accepted in the love cared for and, and, and you know so we're solving these things so that we can walk around with a uh, confidence yeah a confidence in our christianity in our walk i believe that a lot of christians do not walk in obedience of god because they don't have any confidence and that 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 is going to do no one any good, right? Like, man, I'll never make it. I'll never measure up to God. Um, I'll never be good enough for God anyway. So begin to be, they, you begin to be discouraged and they begin to be down on themselves, beat them down, you know, beat themselves down. And so that's why they don't even try 
But once you find out that by faith, by faith you can, by faith, by faith, you can receive what Jesus has provided for for you and me. And it's yours. That, that righteousness is yours. And this we have talked about before. And remember, even if you mess up, that righteousness wasn't taken away. It's still yours. And you can come right into the throne of God boldly. And even though you messed up and God still looks at you as righteous, though you have sinned and need to deal with that before God in your spirit, He's looking at you as righteous. But remember what I said. You have to deal with that before God in your spirit when you're going to go uh, boldly into the throne of God. We're going to call this, write this down, or we're going to title this, Look in the Mirror. And that may not be encouraging to you, but I don't know about you. But I've, I've uh, looked in the mirror before. You ever gotten up in the morning and looked in the mirror and first thing before you did anything else and realized it wasn't a good idea to look in the mirror in the first place? I mean, that doesn't always make for a good start of the day, right? You're looking at yourself and wondering, oh, man, I'm getting old. Oh, man, I look tired. Oh, man, I should go back to bed. You know, it's not you look like like crap, you know, but I want you to. I want to show you that the Bible talks about us looking in the mirror. And I want to begin here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, like I said, I'll give you the verse in here. Let's come down to the last two verses of this chapter. Let's come down to verse 17 and verse 18. Okay. And we're on chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians verse 17. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, that is freedom, right? But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And let's all, I'm glad you all read that, okay? Again, I'm sorry, I'm reading out of the King James Bible. I didn't tell you guys that. New King James all right, um, that's my version. So if you have a different version, that's okay. But follow along as much as best as you can. So we can all, it's great if we all get on the same page and we read the same words. Um, and uh, we can be on the same page, basically, you know. Now he says here, we all with unveiled face. The reason why it says unveiled face is because in the context here, he was talking about the fact that the Jews to this day cannot understand the Bible, even the Old Testament, at which they would call the Bible their Bible, the law, they don't understand. They don't see Jesus in it. And he's clearly there. It talks about him being crucified, talks about him having pierced hands and pierced feet. It talks about him saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It talks about the purpose of the cross, and he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The the cross, you know, the trans uh, and the and the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It clearly outlines the Messiah. Behold, a virgin shall bear a son; they'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I I mean it just over and over in various places says the Messiah is going to come, and here's how it's going to come. He's going to come, and here's 
what he's going to do when he does arrive. And here's why. And yet they look right at it and can see the history of Jesus and the Old Testament that predicts. So they look right at it, okay? We talk about that. They look right at it and can see the history of Jesus and the Old Testament after predict somebody just like Jesus would come. And the odds of somebody living like Jesus being born, where he was born, doing what he did, being killed the way he was killed, and of course, being raised from the dead, I mean, that just blows all the odds away. They're astronomical, uh, you know, and that there could just be a coincidence, be somebody that showed up and fulfilled all those things and not be the Messiah. But they don't see it because their face is veiled. So that's what it means when we talk about their faces being veiled. And the, and the, the beginning of chapter three, uh, um, it talks about, it talks about the veil and the law and the com combination of it. And Apostle Paul is explaining this, right? There's there's a cloud over their minds, and they just cannot understand the scriptures. And of course, for of course, First Corinthians two says that the reason why people don't understand the scriptures is because these scriptures are not just like any other book. They must be spiritually. Now write this down. They must be spiritually discerned. The Bible must be spiritually discerned, spiritually seen into the Holy Spirit as to be opening, to open your eyes to them. And if you have not received that, then your eyes will not be open to it. This is also, um, I want to say how I believe this now is in my opinion, I believe, and I think you may find this to, to agree with me that God protects his holy word as well. You see, because any eyes that want to use this in which we know a lot, there are some religions that read our Bible to use it as a weapon against us, to use it as um, a weapon to um, know their enemy, which they believe were their enemy. Um and they would use this to come against us in a way that would really destroy the belief. See, so I believe something like this um, keeps a veil over their eyes because they have not re they have not received the Holy Spirit. How do you receive Holy Spirit? By being baptized with him, right? How do you get baptized with the Holy Spirit? By accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then you become baptized in the spirit you know you receive the holy spirit and therefore now you receive this gift where you're able to understand those scriptures okay and that like it says here that the reason why people uh chapter two explains it they don't understand it because they're um their face is veiled okay there's a cloud over their minds so but once you see them and your spirit picks it up, it's like a photograph. And once the shutter opens, the, lets that light through the uh, aperture, through the lens, right? And, and, and through the aperture, it hits that film and marks it in the series into it. The light and the colors and, and the contrast. And the shutter closes, right? But that film will never be the same again. See, but you have to, you have, to have the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit in order to open up the shutters and let the word of God come in. Okay? 
and seal it into your spirit. Yeah, I said into your spirit. Because remember, you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body called flesh, in a body of flesh. And then your spirit is forever marked. You can forever see it. So the spirit inside of you that we're all born with, a spirit inside of us, okay? And if we don't feed that spirit, since we're the spirit, we're, we, we allow ourselves to be dominated by our soul, dominated by our flesh. So the flesh becomes the big brother, see? And the big brother starts growing up and the flesh is liking everything that's happening and the soul's going right along with it, you know, just going right along with it and becoming soiled by the things that the flesh is teaching it. The world is learning, is teaching each other through the flesh of what desires are good, what's bad, and you know. So growing up, these, your, your, actually your spirit is ignored. It's um, not cared for. It's de denied, and um, it doesn't grow up with the flesh, and it doesn't grow up with this with the soul, until until you start to hear, read, accept Jesus Christ, and your spirit gets a strength about him. You know, because now the Holy Spirit and your spirit um, they meet for the very first time. And when your spirit gets touched by the Holy Spirit, it's forever marked. Like I was saying, you can forever see these things. And you see, every time you look in the Word, you see it there. It is so clear, plain as day. And the person right next to you is saying, what? What, what? what happened? I don't get it. I mean, you can ask. It happens in churches all the time. You can ask, did you get that? Get what? Get what? I didn't see anything. They don't see anything. Heard the same thing, saw the same thing, but it's the Holy Spirit that opens your eyes to it. Well, here he's talking about a mirror. He's saying we in the new covenant, not old covenant people, not people that have not received Jesus as Lord, but we who have received Jesus, the Holy Spirit has come in and opened our eyes so we can realize there's a real God. He sent his real son into the world and he died in our place and that we can see the image. Notice it says we see the glory of the Lord. That's the image we're, we're looking at now. So transformation is the demonstration that the information has taken root. I'll write that down. I'll say it again. Transformation is the demonstration that the information has taken root, okay? Because here, if we don't hear the word, how is it that our lives are changed? If the Holy Spirit doesn't meet with our spirit, then there's no change. So if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, then you have not received the Holy Spirit. Therefore, your spirit cannot meet the Holy Spirit. So you become a false, a false covenant, covenant, right? Uh, first comment, because the thing is that if your eyes are covered, like in Old Testament believers, uh, or I want not Old Testament believers, but people of the Old Covenant. I want to say people of the Old Covenant, because we're in the New Covenant. We're not in the Old Covenant no more. That co Old Covenant was done away with when Christ died on the cross for our sins and more. So 
people of the old covenant have their eyes still covered and veiled with and and the truth of god the, the absolute truth of god is not in them i would say in them they can't see it they can't hear it they don't understand it this is why jesus stood in front of the pharisee and told them you do not hear or see or understand who i am or the words that i speak because you are not sons of the father now, who did he say they were sons of satan their father was saying that's what he said because they're stuck in their evil ways they do not want to accept it it's in their face they don't want to accept it so truthfully if you are just saying that you accept jesus christ then of course the holy spirit's not going to go in you it's not going to meet your spirit it's not going to meet with you it's not going to meet with your spirit you're not going to uh, uh get that extra heartbeat pumping you know and you're not going to be able to see the things you're supposed to see you won't gain understanding and people are like i don't get it well hey even some people that that um have felt holy spirit they say they have felt holy spirit they still don't get it all that just means you need to read read trust god and stop reading your bible and stop listening to so many different pastors i'm not saying that all pastors are wrong i'm saying everyone has a different message see every um um i want to say every um shepherd okay let's look at that this is a great example every shepherd has his flock of sheep yes or no does one shepherd go around shepherding all other flocks no we know that Jesus Christ is the true shepherd and we all know his voice. You hear that? We, we hear his voice, we know it. So in the end of times, we would be deceived by the false prophet, by the false Messiah, by the one that's saying he is Jesus Christ and he's not. We would not hear that voice. But when Christ, when Christ does come and calls us, we will see and hear it and we will go okay so the shepherd example every shepherd has his flock i still don't think that every there should be so many different types of uh, denominations and so forth but we have that for purpose for reasons i mean we got to draw the line somewhere because some people want to get very crazy about things i understand the whole thing but still it's sanctitarianism something that christ does not like and the bible speaks of him not liking sanctitarianism now we have to let those that are um bringing people to christ and healing and casting out demons in his mighty name we got to let them be because they're they're doing what we're doing now if they're not doing it then we have to question what are you doing okay so here again going back to the explanation the example of being a shepherd the shepherd having a flock the sheep hears the shepherd's voice and follow they gain understanding that that is their leader they follow him they listen to what he's saying and they they trust him so that shepherd that's been called to serve called by god into this the, those that are following need to listen to that anointing power of god of the holy spirit leading the church but of course, like I said, you know, transformation is the demonstration that the information has taken root. And the only way that's going to happen is if our eyes are open.
Remember, they don't see anything, the same thing you saw, same thing you hear. They're not hearing it. They're not, they're just not getting it. That's the image we're looking at now when we look in the mirror. Look, let's look at James, turn to James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, verse 22, okay? And I want to hear this, um, <clears throat> I want to hear this verse together, okay? And let's come down to verse 22, very popular verse, but I want us to read through verse 25, all right? James says, but, but be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if everyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man. And, and notice, he's like a man observing his natural face in what? In a mirror. In a mirror. So let's continue on. Verse 24, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. What is Paul saying here? How much clearer can it be? Listen to that. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was, but he who looks into the perfect law into the perfect law of liberty. Notice he switches from calling it a mirror to calling it the perfect law of liberty. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now notice, <clears throat> we're going to connect what he's talking about here with 2 Corinthians 3.18, okay? And in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says, we all, who have received Jesus with unveiled faces. In other words, the Holy Spirit has opened our eyes and we're looking into a mirror and what we're seeing, the image we're seeing, even though it's a mirror, we're not just seeing ourselves, we're seeing the image of the glory of the Lord. <laughs> it's beautiful, hallelujah. In other words, when you look into the Bible, <laughs> you can see Jesus, not just in the gospel, but where, where it tells the stories of him walking <clears throat> the shores of Galilee and such, healing people and delivering people, but all through it, you see the person of Jesus. He is the Word made flesh, yes? Is this correct? You agree that he's the Word made flesh? The Word made flesh incarnation uh, 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 of Jesus and of us because God never intended for his flesh to be the only only incarnation of the word of God, but for ours to be as well. And so we're looking into this mirror and Paul says, and we're, and we're seeing the glory of, of the Lord, the image of Jesus. And he says, the more we look at the image, the more we're being transformed into that image, the more we're becoming like that image. Well, James says here that if you are not a doer of the word, you hear the word, but you don't do the word. You don't do the work, okay? And you're like the guy who sees he has broccoli stuck in his teeth and starts to text on his phone and forget about his teeth. And he's wondering why everybody has this crazy look at him that day, right? Well, it's because he looked in the mirror, but he quickly stopped looking. And he forgot what he saw. And so because he forgot what he saw, he walked away and did nothing about what he saw. 
But he goes on to say in verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, and here James tells us what this mirror is, it's the word of God. He says, but he who looks into this mirror, the perfect law of liberty, and continues, James mentioned that he's looking at a reflection of himself. See, when you look into a word, into the word of God, the word of God shows you yourself too. You see yourself. Now, doesn't it? How many of you know you can look in the Bible and see your own flaws? You start to read about yourself. You see yourself. Pictures in your mind. As if you're daydreaming while you're reading. So here Paul mentions that looking in the mirror, you can see the glory of the Lord. James mentioned. You can see yourself and you can realize there's a difference between the image of the glory of Jesus and of yourself. It's kind of like, have you ever seen maybe you've been in a house and in the house, it's a, it's dark outside or, or somewhat dark, but just maybe at dusk or it's starting to get dark. And the lights are on in the house. And so you're standing by the window. You're looking out the window. You can see outside. But because of the light, you can also see a bit of the reflection of yourself. Sometime in the midday, also in the morning, that you can get that reflection as well as the sun is rising. And so your eyes can refocus. And you see yourself. And then you can refocus and see outside as well. That's the way the word is. You're looking into the word and you're seeing the Lord, but then you refocus and the Holy Spirit shows you yourself and how far off you are sometimes. But let me tell you another part that, um, that it is the Holy Spirit wants to open your eyes. He wants to open your eyes so you can see the new us because, see, when you get born again, your spirit is no longer a sinner anymore. The spirit is no longer a sinner anymore. Your spirit has become a new creation in Christ. Correct or incorrect? And all things have passed away. And behold, see, behold, see, the shutter opens. All things have become new. You're looking into the word and you're seeing you before I would feel condemned looking into the word. Now I'm looking in and I'm seeing that I'm not that old, bad person anymore because I received Jesus. He gave me the gift of righteousness. Now I took in and, and see how I'm a new creation. I mean, look at that. So instead of looking and seeing all the flaws, you're looking and seeing how much you already look like Jesus. And Paul said that the more you look into the mirror, the more you look like Jesus. In other words, it's not just your spirit that looks like him anymore. Your mind begins to think like him. Your body begins to act like him. If you keep looking at that mirror, the more you're in the word, the more the word comes into you, the more you change in them and become like that image. And so you're refocusing between the glory of the Lord, seeing him in the word, and then seeing yourself and what you need to do. And then G James comes and says to us, as you do what you're seeing to do, then he says, this one will be blessed and whatever he does is good see and so all of a sudden you're living life instead of being condemned instead of looking at your flaws and inadequacies i mean because you can look at your inadequacies forever you're looking into the word and saying you know what yeah I, i've i've got some problems in the flesh because my flesh is weak 
My flesh is the sinner. See? But my spirit, man, I'm telling you, it looks just like Jesus, righteous, holy, perfect. Hallelujah. Look at that. And you can see yourself the way that God sees you. Only if you look into the mirror called the word of God. But if you look into the mirror at your house, you don't see what God sees. But this mirror, the word allows you to see into your heart and see you for who you really are. That you're a new creation. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're royalty. The Bible says we're heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Now think about this. Think about this the way it looks in the spirit. We only have natural eyes right now. So we can only see physical things, but think about in the spirit realm where the angels see and where the demons see, where Satan sees and where God sees. Think about what they see. When you're walking down the street, they see royalty. You shine. They see an air of God walking down the street. You gleam with light and righteousness, one with authority. Isn't that right? Listen to this. The Bible says in Luke 10, 19, Behold, look, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. But notice he says, behold. You have to see it. Behold means look. Because if you don't see it, you won't use it. But if you see it, and all of a sudden, you're walking down the street and Satan pops his head up in your family, and you see that. You've got the authority, and he doesn't. So what are you going to do? You're going to use it? But what do most Christians do? What do most Christians do? They have no idea. They have no idea that's who they are because they don't see it. Because they haven't been looking into the right mirror. This is why we spend the time looking into the word of God and allowing the word of God to change the way we see ourselves and the way we see God and the way we see the enemy so that we can properly, accurately appropriate what Jesus has done for us. But if you look back in your old mirror, you get discouraged. Think about it. If you look back at your old self, you get discouraged. That's why I tell people, look, you have old pictures of yourself when you were living a life of sin, burn it. Get rid of it. You died. When someone passes away, what do you do? You keep pictures of them doing bad things? No. You want to remember them in a good way. So what do you do with all those bad pictures? You get rid of them. You store them away. You, you put them away. You burn them even. Some people get rid of them. They bury them. And they forget about them. There's not one of us that can look in the natural mirror and be encouraged because we're just so good in the flesh. No, no, no. Whether it be good looking or good works, nobody is that perfect. But see, that's why we're supposed to look into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it and not be a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. And this one will be blessed in whatever he does. Listen to that. And this one will be blessed in whatever he does. This one will be blessed. That's all. And you think about those things as you continue seeking Christ, walking forward, 
pushing. Just point out the negative in your life. You know, that's the way a lot of Christians live. They just point out negative things. So why don't you just start pointing out the negatives of yourself? Write them down, even though it's inside of you. It's a powerful man of God, woman of God, ready to attack uh, life. Uh, overcomers, the Bible says, we're more than conquerors. But all we can see is what's going to happen. What, what's, what's going to happen to us? Because see, we've lost before. And we've got this walk out with a defeated mentality because we're looking at the flesh. We're looking at, oh, and I went through this and I'm concerned, man, it might not happen again. You know, even myself, I've been guilty of that because I have allowed those things to hinder me in the past. No more. But I've allowed those things to hinder me in the past where I would think about the defeat. No, man. Look at that in the spirit. And uh, we got to continuously keep staying in the Word so we can see these things, discern them in the Spirit. And stop looking at the flesh. And we're looking at our inadequacies. And we're looking at our failures from the past. And so we walk out. We give up. Not knowing I can take Him. I can do this. We don't know it. And so because we don't know it, we don't even try. We don't even throw our moves out there. Wait, there could be a moment in church. You have a great service. And all of a sudden, someone comes up. They need prayer on because something's ailing them for a while in addiction. And there's no authority in prayer or shown. Why is that? Why is that? So you ask yourself, why, is it, why isn't this happening here? And other people are, are doing it. Other parts of the body of Christ is doing it. How come we're... This part of body isn't. It could just be that, you know, we're looking at the inadequacies, the defeat mentality. I've tried this before and it didn't work. Oh no. I need to stay in the word more. Maybe those that are laying on hands are, are unfaithful. They don't really believe in it, but they're just following everybody else doing it. You know, you don't know. And so because we don't know it, we don't even try. We don't even throw out those moves. We don't try to do any of that. But see, because you think you can do this, and you can do it, how much more for those of us that are really the righteous of God? Not because we've earned it, but because the Lord has graced us with this. By faith, we receive that we've got authority over the devil. We've got authority over sickness and disease. And yet we walk out into the world expecting to lose every time. Or, or at best saying, well, you know, I have no power over this. <clears throat> I'm going to have to stay in prayer with the Lord. Well, praying isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a weapon. Well, whatever God wants, whatever God wants to happen, we start saying, if if, if he wants me to win, then, 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 then I, I, I'll win. And I'm not making fun of nobody. I'm just stating it out how you would hear it. If he wants me to lose, I'll lose. And then just let the Lord decide. Well, let the Lord handle them. Let me tell you something. If you just let the Lord decide, let me tell you who's going to decide. Hmm? The enemy is going to decide. How many of you know that this is true? The enemy is going to decide. Go back and read Job. Go back and read Job. Hey, the devil decided he was going to walk up and talk about this and that. 
Huh? And God asked him what did he ask him? Have you considered my servant Job? He goes, Yeah, yeah, well you put a hedge of protection all around him. You know, if you get rid of it, if you get rid of it, I'm sure <laughs> he's gonna curse you. Get rid of all his blessings. Let me go do this. And as he went, we know how the story goes, right? So who decided to hurt Job the way he needed to get hurt? Was it God that said, Here, do this, plan this? No. The devil came. The devil came to do it. He decided on how he was going to hurt Job. See, but you've got to, you've got to see it. And the way to see it is to allow the word of God to come into your heart. That's why I'm constantly listening to, uh, different CDs and <clears throat> not different CDs, but listening back to what we've, uh, taught, what we've talked about. Um, and listen to my brothers in Christ as far as other pastors that we, we, uh, work with, which right now is just one of them. God bless them. Well, two, but one I don't meet in conference with all the time, but I fellowship with one, especially here in, uh, where I'm at in the North Carolinas. This is why we read our Bibles every day. It's not because we're filling up time. There's not a person in this room or that's listening to this, uh, uh class. Well, maybe there's a couple. Well, there are a couple of people that have plenty of time in their hands, but the majority of us are trying to squeeze things in. We don't do the Bible reading daily just because it would be a good religious thing to do, but because we look into the perfect law of liberty. Did you hear what I said? We don't read the Bible every day just because it's a religious thing to do, that we do it religiously. We'll follow things in order like robots. No. We do it because we look into the perfect law of liberty and we see something. And once we see it, we already win. You hear what I'm saying? We already win. And once you see it, you've already won. And and the minute you see that, you're like, wow. And you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And you can't put the Bible down. And you're finding yourself going through chapter after chapter after chapter. And you're asking yourself, what is going on here? Why am I? Whoa. Whoa. The word of God is amazing. Captivating. Indeed. Indeed captivating don't move till you see it let me tell you you can walk through life fumble through situation after situation not seeing who you are not seeing your victory or you can take your bible and the advice is don't move until you'll see it now i want you to write that down don't move till you see it all right don't move till you see it and what I want you to focus on is as you start doing your dailies that we've provided, that the course has provided for you, read it again. Okay. Read it again. Listen to, listen to your sermons. Listen to the sermons. Go to church. Listen what the pastor is saying. Take down notes because I guarantee you that you're going to find connection. You're going to see it. And the pastor doesn't even know what you're studying on the side. And you're going to say, how did that happen? How did he talk about what I'm learning right now? Because God is connected. God is showing you I am. Hallelujah. Listen to this, my brothers and sisters. Don't move till you see it. 
till you see who you are. Don't move until you see what Jesus has done for you. Don't move until you see your authority. Because once you see it, Satan has already lost. The minute you see it, he loses grip of your finances. He loses grip of your health. He loses grip on your family. He loses grip on everything around you. He loses grip. Does he go away? For the moment time being, you push him away. He sends demons after you every day. But if you stay in the word and you have you speak in authority and believe this, and I tell you, you don't even have to move. You realize he's already lost, and I know who I am. You become to you say to yourself, I know who I am. I don't need to move. I know that Jesus has done this for me. Is that right? You know it, believe it, feel it, take it in. Don't move until you see it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God. Hallelujah. All things are of God. So remember, the Bible says that he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace. Transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Listen to that. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we're what? We're, are we what? We're here, but do you know, do you know it? Do you see it that we're healed? By his stripes, we are what? Healed. So you don't know it until you see it. And when you look into the word and keep looking at it by his stripes, I am healed by his stripes. I am healed by his stripes. I am healed. And all of a sudden, after some time of looking at the word, you see I'm healed. I'm healed. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter who said what. By his stripes, by his stripes, I am healed. I am delivered. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is this truth? Is this truth? You've read the same thing. So that's the word of God. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing should by any means hurt you. That's what it says. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague. See, that's the way you think. That's how we need to think. You don't walk in fear anymore. You walk around in confidence. Oh, the evil befall me. Thank God. Nor shall any place plague come near my dwelling. For he gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. To keep me in some of my ways? No, in all my ways. And my ways are of the Lord. You're living for the Lord. This is the way your mind thinks. Oh, you're trying to form a weapon against me? No, no, no. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Notice it didn't say weapons wouldn't be formed. They will be formed. They will be formed, okay? To And they'll be planned. There's a plan to use them against you. 
It just said they won't work. All right, that's okay with me uh, from away, but it's not going to be prosper. It's not going to. It's not going to prosper. It's not going to be uh, of any good use. It's not going to work. No, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Did you hear what I just said? Wow! Listen to that. This is manna from heaven. You need to write this down. It says this type of thinking is the heritage of the servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. In Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. <laughs> the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, or I live by faith in the Son of God. So now it's not me walking around in this earth. It's the Lord Jesus inside of me walking around using my body like a suit he's moving and as he moves i'm moving and so when i'm laying my hands on somebody to be healed he's in me his hands are running up into my hands like my hands or his gloves do you understand what i'm trying to say here so when you're putting your hands on somebody in the name of jesus you're not just seeing your old hand on somebody's head you're seeing the hand of the Lord Jesus because he's in you but you gotta see it you gotta see it this is who we are where we look like Jesus in our spirit but see until you see yourself and imprints that image on your consciousness then you walk around with an inferiority complex uh-huh that's right an inferiority complex you walk around as uh, as not good enough person. Not a good enough person. Oh, I'm not, I can't do that. Uh, nah. You bring yourself down and you don't have the joy of the Lord because you keep seeing your flesh. You're looking at the flesh. You're looking at the wrong mirror. Wrong mirror. You're just looking at, oh yeah, well, uh, we all stumble. We all mess up. And you start to use that as a crutch. Man, cut away those crutches. Because the devil's ready to give you one quick. Oh, you're, you're here. Use this. It'll keep you up for a while. Mm -hmm. But when you look into the perfect law of liberty and you see who you are, you begin to, you begin to think, man, I, I'm powerful looking, man, looking good, looking strong. Man, I've got spiritual hair. You know, you know what that is, right? And I'm going to get a spiritual cut. I tell you something. Thank God. Now flip over to first John. In fact, you know what? Flip over to First John, and we're going to feed First John, and then we're going to close in this. Uh, this is where we were the last session that we were talking about this. And we talked about how the context of the First John chapter 1 is fellowship, right, of Christians. There's a fellowship of Christians and Christians with the Lord. And John says, listen, I saw Jesus. I handled him. I touched him with my hands. I watched him here. And now... I'm declaring to you that life of Jesus so that you can have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Lord Jesus. And he goes on to say in the ninth verse, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's talking here about how to retain fellowship with the Lord. It's just like at home or with a close friend. If you violate that friendship, you sin against your friend. Well, you may still be friends, but you're not talking in fellowship right now. 
It's not the same. Something changed. I can do something and hurt my wife's feelings while she's still my wife and I'm still her husband. But right now, the fellowship is not there. That happens to Christians because once you're a believer and your spirit has become born again, your spirit has become the righteousness of God. When you sin, your spirit doesn't become dead again. You don't lose your righteousness. Your spirit did not sin. This is where I'm, I'm going with, in, with this issue. I'm going with this. Listen, your flesh sins. Your mind had sin, but your spirit did not sin. Your, your mind thought things, but your spirit did not sin. Your flesh sinned. I'm going to prove that to you from the word of God. And so your spirit having not sinned is what God looks at to determine whether or not you're a part of him, whether or not you're his, your flesh, your body may sin, your mind may choose to sin and you end up sinning and you sin. Now you broke fellowship because you were disobedient to God, but you're still in relationship to him, in relation to him, because your relationship was not based on how good you were. It was based on your faith and what Jesus has done for you, see? But it's important to not sin, right? Yes. You should do all that you can not to sin. We're going to talk some more about that in the rest of these series. So right now, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop here and close out because we're running out of time on our podcast. All right. But the next part we're going to on part two, I'm going to continue into this series of what we we're just talking about. I don't want you to forget. I want you to re-listen to this part. If you can go back a few notches and re-listen to this part of who you really are. And when you sinned, you know, go repent of this. Fight against the the temptation. We've gone through the whole part of being uh, um, uh, the places of temptation, being aware of that. The easiest way that you can be aware is to understand that Holy Spirit meets with your spirit. You can see all these things. And when you see these things, the greatest way to see it is to remain in the word of God. Remaining in the word of God. Sin you repent. But remember, it's your flesh that wants to sin because the flesh is is filthy. It's of the world. It desires. Remember I told you how we talked about how the flesh grew up with your soul and rose up your soul wanting to be filthy and dirty. So your soul gets dirty and contaminated because of the flesh. See? The flesh. When you have somebody... Uh, uh, rub your shoulders or scratch your back or whatever feels great doesn't it ah keep going keep going all your whole fleshly body starts tingling you see <clears throat> but if you know you know if you have your eyes open spiritually you know who should be rubbing your back and who should be scratching it because of those feelings that you get in the flesh. And you keep yourself away from the places of temptation. So if you see your flesh wants you to sin. But once you start listening to the word of God. And you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you accept Jesus. So you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit meets with you. Your spirit. And starts to give it life again. Starts to give the spirit. Your spirit. Living spirit. 
heartbeat once again, I want to say, and starts to grow. The more you read, the more you fellowship with God, the more you stay in his word, he gets stronger and stronger. And now he becomes the big brother. Now he's telling your flesh, ah, ah, ah. no, we're not. We're not going to do that. And this is where Christ talks about it's that we can overcome. We can overcome. Was he lying to us when he said that? Or did he say just a few of y'all can overcome, but this half over here you won't be able to, and that half over there you're going to struggle with it? No. He said you can overcome. Well, we'll talk more about that in part two. I want to close out in this um, powerful prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. But he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement for my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. When then shall I say to these things, if God is for me, if God is for me, who can be against me? Blessed shall I be when I come in and blessed shall I be when I go out. The Lord my God will make me abound in all the work of my hand and the fruit of my body. In the increase of my livestock and in the produce of my land for good, for the Lord will again rejoice over me for good as he rejoiced over my fathers. And the Lord will make me the head and not the tail. I shall be above only and not beneath. If I heed the commandments of the Lord my God, which I am commanded today to be careful and observe them, all my children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against me in judgment will be cast down and condemned. No evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague come near my dwelling, for he shall give his charge over me to keep me in all my ways. In their hands they shall bear me up, lest I dash my foot against a stone. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. And this I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you, brothers and sisters.